we are going to start the section on the Lord's Prayer. So that's page five in your little books, page five. And let's go ahead and do what we always do, which is recite back and forth through the section. And we're going to use the um, traditional form of the Lord's Prayer. It has both versions here, but we will, we will use the traditional. It's better. Um, period. <laughs> okay. Um, page five. You need to know that you are not able to do these things. That's the Ten Commandments, by the way. You are not able to do these things in your own strength, and you cannot walk in the commandments of God and serve him without special gracious help. Therefore, you must learn to ask for this help from God in prayer, and especially through the regular saying of the Lord's Prayer. Can you recite the Lord's Prayer? The Lord's Prayer is, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. What do you desire from God in this prayer? I desire from what we have, our Heavenly Father, who is the giver of all goodness, to send grace to me and to all people, that we may worship him, serve him, and obey him as we ought to do. I also pray to God that he will send us all that we need for our, our souls and bodies, and that he will be merciful to us and forgive us our sins, and that it will please him to save and defend us in all spiritual and physical dangers, and that he will keep us from all sin and wickedness, from the snares of the devil, and from everlasting death. And all of this I trust he will do because of his mercy and goodness through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore I say, Amen, so be it, Lord. Okay, so um, we, we moved from um, who am I in Christ, what has been done for me at my baptism, into what is my Christian duty, and now we're looking at um, wh what is prayer. Um, and, and the rationale the catechism gives us for learning to pray is that we cannot be good, obedient Christians without God's help. <laughs> we can't do this on our own. And, and I, I think this is something that um, we, we, we definitely see becomes a big focus at the time of the Reformation. This was part of what's going on is that, um, you know, that the church had accrued something of a semi-Pelagian way of doing things. You know, we, we can try, you know, we might be saved by grace, but we get to stay in grace by trying really hard. Um, that became a lot of the, at least at the popular level of the way things were going. And um, a big part of the Reformation is, well, that's not what the gospel says. That's not our, our experience, you know. And, and that's, you know, and, and the practicality of it not being anybody's experience was the fact that they had to build up things like the merits and treasury of the saints and, and you know, all the extra good credit they did, we get in the, you know, cash in on their good credit and, purgatory and all that other stuff um, was, was part of what they had to do. 
uh, because they realized they weren't good enough. So that becomes a big part of, of, of what we're doing at the Reformation is we, we are approaching the Lord because we need grace. Um, do you all, this is not the only place where, where Jesus talks about prayer, where he gives a teaching on prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Um, where, where else do you, do you, off the top of your head, do you remember him doing that? Teaching on prayer. Okay, so um, yeah, that's that's true. He, he yeah, when he he does um, tell at various times things like that. Yeah, that you're not going to get victory over this devil without fasting and praying. Um, how about a teaching about about prayer? Any, any, do, can you recall any other any other times? Okay, so yeah, so he says, don't don't pray like the hypocrites, um, and that's that's part of the Sermon on the Mount, right? That's not part of the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that was part of the teaching on the Lord's Prayer. That's right. Yeah, good good catch. Um, we also we do have an, um, some other places. We have him. We do have him teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, um, and one of the things that we we find, and I'm. I'm not using my normal Bible here, which is annoying. I left mine at home today. I walked out without my bag. I have my iPad, but not my bag. That says something, I'm sure. Um, where the, the, Oh, here we go. Matthew 6. Um, and we do, ha- we do have the same kind of teaching there in Matthew 6. So he says... Um, so when, when, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by man. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which is in secret shall reward you. Um, so we, so I, I think I think we have that in some of the parallel passages with the. Uh, well, this is where he teaches the Lord Prayer in Matthew, is actually this, this section. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I was looking for, I think, was the chapter 7. Okay, let's, let's move on. So, and then he says, um, yeah, interpray in secret, don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do, because they think they'll be heard for their speaking. And so instead, you do like this, and he gives them the Lord's Prayer. Um, and let's move on to chapter 7, and we'll, get, we'll come back to this. But, but yeah, the one I was looking for was chapter 7. Which, which, which verse are we at? 7-7. Seven. Seven, seven. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread will give him a stone. Or if he ask a fish will give him a serpent. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your father in heaven which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do even unto them, for this is the law and the prophets. So we, we, have, we have two things going on in chapter 7. Then we'll back up to chapter 6 um, to talk about that other, that other part. Um, this idea that, um, that, that the Lord's disposition to us is similar to that of a good father to their children. And, and more so. I mean, it's really, it's really the other way around, that, that a good father's disposition is similar to that um, of, of the Lord towards us. 
And, you know, if, so if, if he knows what, and this goes back to what we had in chapter 6, if, if the Lord knows what we're asking, we don't have to do vain repetitions. We don't have to be like the heathens who think that by more words they're going to be heard better. The point of doing this is not you get the formula right and God will hear you. I mean, you know, that's, that's something that's really important because we do recite it in our liturgy all the time. I mean, it's everywhere in the liturgy. If we did it the way that um, the prayer book has our communion service, we'd do it at least twice every communion. Um, back in the day, they would do morning prayer, litany, and communion, all kind of a back-to-back marathon. Um, that was kind of the, the ideal anyway on Sundays. You're getting four Lord's Prayers in there, <laughs> I mean, in one service. I mean, it's, it, can, it can certainly feel like we're, we're pushing that vain repetition. But, but the point there is that, um, as it says in chapter 7, he, he does love us like a father. And so, you know, he is our Heavenly Father. And so that's, that's not what it's about. That's not why we pray. As a matter of fact, as we read in chapter 6, he already knows what we're going to ask. Now, the temptation could be, if he knows what we're already going to ask, why pray in the first place? And it, it, it seems that, that really the answer we get here is that um, it's good for us to ask, and he likes to hear from us. <laughs> you know, he, he do, and, and, I, and I see this when I deal with, 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 uh, with, with our daughter. I mean, she, uh, I, I know she needs... You know, she's going to want to have juice with her breakfast. But I like for her to come and ask me for it because it's good for her to learn how to ask nicely and not just, I need juice, ah, you know, because <laughs> everything is an emergency for a three-year-old. Um, it's good for her to ask, and, and, I, and I like for her to, to do that. So I, I get that. that. That makes a lot of sense to me as a dad anyway. Um, I just closed my Bible here. But, but yeah, it seems the way that God has told us that, that it just, he, he, he operates is that when he is going to do something for us, he moves us to pray. And it's not that he's holding himself back until we do this. It's not that the Lord um, has shackled himself and makes prayers um, the necessary way he, you know, it's going to work. But this is just the way he, he, he works, is that when, he's, uh, when, when we have needs... Um, he uses that as a way to bring us to him, is, is those needs, or he uses those, those, he, those opportunities, or however that works. Um, so the, the heathens pray thinking that if they get the right formula, if they get the right words, if they do the right mantra, they're going to um, obligate the gods to hear them. That's kind of the way heathen prayer works. And, and there's very much a quid pro quo approach to to heathen worship um but you know pagan worship is i do something for the god he's obligated to do something for me um i say the right thing it's a cosmic vending machine i put in the right change i push the right buttons out comes the right outcome you know that that cosmic vending machine approach to to prayer and oh some of these guys i want to not get on their radar so i just got to keep my head down and not push the right button so that they don't i don't get their attention you know that's 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 the way paganism works when it comes to prayer. Um, you, you, see, uh, you see that in the Old Testament, the prophets of Baal cutting themselves 
um, in that showdown with Elijah, with Elijah, um, you know, and Elijah kind of making fun of him. Oh, cry louder. He, he might be on a journey. He might be sitting on the pot. Um, you know, you, you got to get his attention, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, and on the other hand, you had the hypocrites, uh, you know, the, the, the Jewish hypocrites, the, the, the way the, uh, the um, kind of fake piety that was common among the Pharisees uh, was going on, which is they're praying to be seen by others. You know, they're, they're, they're getting the, uh, the long flowery prayer. And I, I, I remember some um, uh, pastor friends saying that, yeah, when we went to seminary, I all of a sudden learned that the, that the name God has four syllables when you're praying. God, you know, that kind of thing, you know, and you have to have the right cadence because you're putting on the show. Um, and that's, you know, that's not the way to do things either. So then... The counter to that, the logical question is going to be, is this liturgical use of the Lord's Prayer falling into that hypocritical or vain repetition um, section? Uh, obviously, from our perspective, we would say no, otherwise it wouldn't be in our liturgies. <laughs> but but um, we, the, the point is that when we're using this, it shouldn't be done for show. The fact that it's done in public does not make it for show. Um, there are going to be times when we pray together. That's why we have the Book of Common Prayer, because it's the prayer we all have in common. And when we're all together, worshiping as, as, the, as the family of God, which is the way we do see in scriptures, after all, the, the Lord's Prayer says, our Father, not just my Father. Um, it's not just about you know, me and God. Um, it's about all of us as the people of God as well. So when we, when we do pray together, we do need to be praying from the same script. C.S. Lewis, um, I believe it was C.S. Lewis, made a remark one time about how when he's kind of in one of those extemporaneous prayer meetings, he has trouble saying amen because he really doesn't know what you're saying. And he, and he has to stop and think about what you've just said. And oftentimes someone else has started again before he's had time to think about that. Because he's not sure he's going to agree with that because he doesn't know what you're saying, you know. And, and I, I sympathize with that. I think that might be, um, that, that may be uh, going a little far. Uh, but, but I understand the sentiment. I, I kind of lean in that sentiment myself. I, I, I am less fond of group extemporaneous prayer because of, of some of that. But also some of that's just my own personal issues. Um, so, so we do need this. We do need the script. Liturgical prayer is going to be the way we do things um, together. It's going to be the way that um, the church trains us to pray through the tradition. But it can fall into that idea of the vain repetition or the doing it for show, and that is something that we have to be aware of and we have to watch out for. Um, and and I, I don't know how many times when I'm doing the liturgy as leading it as the priest. I have to, I realize my mind has wandered and I'm just on autopilot. Well, that's not the way prayer is supposed to be. Um, and I'm sure that happens in the pews as well. So we, we, all, we all go through that. Okay. Um, that's kind of, yeah, things in general. Pam. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. For most of my life, I don't think I've been listening to temptation, and I think I heard someone talk about it as Jesus was tempted in the desert by Satan, that 
Um, the short answer is, the, the short answer, but not complete answer is yes, but we will get to that as we break it down into its, we'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll hit each, each of those, we'll break each one of them down, um, as we, as we get into it. Yeah, def, definitely. That, that is, that's a really good one to, that we need to discuss. Absolutely. Um, in, anything else kind of on, on prayer in general? Um, oh, one thing before, before before we do move on to kind of looking at zooming in a little bit. I, I do remember, oh, this must have been the late 90s, early 2000s. Do you remember when the book The Prayer of Jabez came out? Yeah. And um, it was, oh, so popular. And it was totally one of those pagan approaches to, you know, you, got, you get the right formula, you put the right numbers in the cosmic vending machine, and then God is obligated to bless you because, look, this is the way it worked with Jabez, which, okay, you're taking a very small verse and putting a lot into that very small verse. And if y'all don't know what the prayer of Jabez is, you're probably better off for it, so don't worry about it. But um, at the time, um, Hank Hanegraaff, the Bible answer man on, on the radio, came out with a book, and um, I think he still is the... Um, head of Christian Research International. Um, and I think he still is the Bible answer man. But uh, yeah, Hank Hanegraaff came out with a book, looked almost just like the same print format as the Prayer of Jabez, one of those little tiny books. And, and it was, and he called it the Prayer of Jesus, and it was where he was breaking down the Lord's Prayer. It was also a really good teaching. But the one thing that, that, I, do, that I, did take, I do take issue is he says, well, Jesus isn't giving us here a formula. He's giving us a pattern. So we're not supposed to actually pray these words. We're supposed to use this as a template for structuring our prayers. Um, Hank Hanegraaff has since then converted to Eastern Orthodoxy. I guarantee you he doesn't hold that position anymore. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. A couple years ago, he, he, he became Eastern Orthodox, um, which uh, was, was no, no, no amount of, uh, no small amount of uh, um, controversy at the time. Um, yeah, so, you know, they're, they're even more liturgical than we are uh, over in Eastern Orthodoxy, so I'm sure that uh, he would no longer agree with himself on that. But I, I, think, I, think he, I think that is a good point, that we can use the Lord's Prayer um, to help us structure our prayers as well. But, that, but we, do, we do, and the church always has prayed it liturgically. I mean, that's, we, we see that super, super early on. And, and it's, you know, taking the words of Jesus in their plain meaning. That's when you pray, this is what you pray. I mean, it's a, so there you go. Okay, um, any, anything on kind of an, uh, on big picture before we get into some smaller pictures? Zooming in a little bit. Yeah. One of the things that you said that, you know, he calls us to prayer as a father. And I think that as you said that, the first thing I thought of is that he wants us to be the family, a family, as we would go to earthly father, and if you didn't answer Leah, you know, then there's separation. Yeah. Or if you didn't hear her, she called. Separation figure, and, and just this picture of, you know, I haven't not said it, it's so much as a small child. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, Stuart and Carrie, y'all have this to look forward to, but uh, at that age, they will not put up with you not answering them. <laughs> 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 If you don't answer quick enough, it'll keep coming until, <laughs> until you do. <laughs> they, they, have, they have no concept of, uh, of waiting for an answer. <laughs> and and there, there is something very um, homey about 
the Lord's Prayer. There's something that it, just in its structure um, is very paternal, uh, very familial, um, uh, which may be why you kind of have uh, the give us this day our daily bread almost comes out of nowhere, um, you know, because that's part of what goes on in, in that very home um, sort of sort of thing. So let's uh, let's let's break down the uh, the Lord's Prayer a little bit. Traditionally, we talk about having seven petitions in the Lord's Prayer, and some of those petitions don't so much look explicitly um, like petitions. I did, a, I did a class on the seven petitions of the Lord's Prayer several years ago here at All Saints when I was the uh, assistant pastor, the assistant when I was the curate, and um, I wish I had my slides on that, um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I don't remember exactly everything that we talked about, but we do, we do have, um, traditionally, we, we break it down to seven things, so... Uh, first of all, um, you know, we, we do address the Lord as our Father um, who art in heaven. So that's, that's, that's the address. Um, as, we, as we talked about before, um, he does look at us the same way that a, a father looks at his children, even more so because his love for us is so much more than any father for their child. Um, it's important, I think, to note that we are his children um, uh, primarily by adoption. You know, this is, there is a sense where everybody that's created, since he is the creator, everybody that is created is, is in a sense, a child of God. But um, we we would make a distinction between the begotten nature of Jesus as his son and our adopted nature um, because of of Jesus. Because we are in Christ, then we are um, adopted sons of, 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 of God, the Father as well. So our Father... Who art in heaven? Um, you know this. This is. Uh, I think a big part of this is is the way that Jesus always addresses the Father. You know, he 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 talks about his Father in heaven, our heavenly Father. That that's a common theme, especially in Matthew's Gospel, um, with the, the way that Jesus would address him. And, and I think a big part of that is to distinguish him from our earthly fathers. Um, you know, the, the, the Lord is not, um, you know, one of these pagan gods who, you know, is just kind of a superhuman sort of individual. That's not, that's not who, who God the Father is, but, but he is um, our, our heavenly Father um, always. So that's the address. The first petition traditionally is the hallowed be thy name. Um, so it, you, can, you can very much look at that as almost being a statement, okay, his name is holy. But at the same time, we are praying that, that um, what we're doing as his children would, would show him to be holy, show his name to be holy. You know, as his children, we bear his name. And so we want his name to be shown as holy um, especially in, in our in our own lives, um, to be recognized as holy, to be treated as holy. May we treat His name as holy, um, not not just flippantly. Uh, that 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 sort of thing. Um, so that's traditionally seen as the first petition. The second petition 
um, is thy kingdom come. We, we recognize that the Lord's kingdom is here, um, but it's also going to be fully realized. Um, you know, there, there is, uh, we, we are in a fallen world, and when his kingdom fully comes, it will no longer be a fallen world. And we know from scripture that the reason why um, that kingdom tarries is for our sake. It's not because he's desperately fighting a battle and trying to gain ground. It's not, it's not like that. It's, it's not this, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, he'll gain ground sometime. Maybe his kingdom will lose ground another time. It's not like that at all, but it's that he tarries that fulfillment, um, until all of his elect do, do come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, it's so that, 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 uh, None would be lost um, that are that are his own. Um, that's yeah. That so that's um, number two. But but also I think there's there's a sense of mission in this. Uh, you know, in, in in the kingdom come, we're supposed to be agents of his kingdom, and and we're praying for empowerment that we would be agents of his kingdom. You know, the church is a is a an outpost, a beachhead. Um, uh, even an embassy of the Lord's kingdom. And so we're praying for that as well. And goodness, we are three minutes out. So we should um, put a bookmark there. Um, come back with petition number three. Any any thoughts, questions on so far? I was just wondering, Um, so, so some of that, some of that is is that reminder of what we've been promised. You know that that promise of when Christ returns, establishing the kingdom of God in its fullness. Um, so that is part of it. Um, so it's, it's it is a reminder of that fact that it is coming. You know, so that does give us hope, and it's also a a, a prayer um, for its coming. You know, you know, may your kingdom come soon. May we. Do what we're supposed to do as part of the coming of, of the kingdom. Um, may, you, may you use us in that. So, but but also that reminder, it is coming, and we're 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 really glad about that. You know, so um, yeah. So that that is that is that does give us hope. That's true. Okay. Well, we have Compline tonight, and so I will see you all in uh, about fifteen minutes in Compline.